You're listening to the Westchester Podcast, an official podcast of the New York City Church of Christ. So, the title of our sermon today is Being Good is Not Good Enough. Being Good is Not Good Enough. And I was, uh, as the holiday season approaches, you know, I've been reading through the Gospels and was reading about the, the Magi and how the angels appeared to them and said, we bring you glad tidings. Of great joy, and, and and I was meditating on this. I asked myself, "Well, this is about Jesus being good news to all people." And as a disciple, I should be excited that Jesus is the good news. And yet, as we look at Sunday morning worship services, and we know that more people are going to attend football games over the weekend than people will attend church. Because to a lot of people, going to a game and getting excited about a game is does more for them than being excited about Jesus. And and I just needed to take some time to, to ask myself, why isn't the world more excited about Jesus? And even as Christians sometimes we can lose that joy. We can lose that fervor and our Christianity becomes stale. We find ourselves going through the motions, and we don't have the joy of our salvation. We're just not excited to be Christians. It's it's like we're just doing the check off of, you know, I, I read my Bible, I I prayed a little bit, uh, I talked to someone this week about how I was doing spiritually, and maybe. I shared Jesus with somebody, maybe not. And so we, we, we become religious people and not so much the people that, that were like those magi who were so enthused that the Savior was coming into the world and it was going to be good news. Is Christianity good news to you? Is being a disciple Good news. It should be the best news of our lives. And no matter what else is going on, I know we have our ups and downs and our struggles and our challenges, but the mere fact that we've been saved, that we've been redeemed, and that we have the hope of heaven, that God has has, has prepared a place for us, should overwhelm us with joy. The Bible talks about disciples having an inexpressible and glorious joy. Does that describe your life today? Did you come in here to this morning tired? Not just physically tired, but emotionally tired. Spiritually tired. Because you're carrying the cross, but you're not glorifying the Savior. You're not excited about the fact that you're destined to spend eternity with God. And so what I concluded is... Uh, a lot of times, we're just trying to be good people. And the whole world is focused on the fact that if you're good, you, you can make it to heaven. And, and Jesus calls us to be more than that. But the fact of the matter is, being good 
is not good enough. We can never earn salvation. And, and we're not good enough to earn it. And sometimes because we, we think we're good, we forget what we were rescued from, what we've been redeemed from, and how we should be on the edge of our seats because a God who loves us in spite of all of our sin wants to spend eternity with us. And the world around us needs to see how precious Jesus is to us and how eager we are to share the good news of the gospel with them. You know, in our world today, many think that being a good person is what it takes to get to heaven. That if you're just a good person, and, you know, good can mean a lot of different things. And so we're going to look at a couple of examples today because I think for us to really appreciate our salvation, we've got to understand that being good is not good enough. That we're here totally by the grace and the mercy of God. And every day is a blessing from God that we don't deserve, but that we're given as a gift. Our God is so good. He's so patient. He's so enduring. And He loves us so much. And, and we can hear that enough to the point where it, it just, we're numbed. And, and it no longer touches our hearts. And I pray I can do something today to help you once again appreciate what you have in Jesus. Because it's so easy to go through a whole week and not even think about sharing Jesus with someone. Because you've forgotten that you've found that treasure. That, that you've found the pearl of great price. And that God has given it to you and other people do not have it. Uh, here's a, a survey. It says nearly two-thirds of Americans in a national survey said that they believe that they will go to heaven. You know, seven out of ten people just believe, I'm going to heaven. Now, they don't know why they're going. They don't have any reason to, to really back it up. But that's just the world we live in. You ask people, are you going to heaven? Absolutely. Well, why are you going? Everybody else is going? Why won't I be going? I mean, I'm not the worst person there is. I'm not the best, but I'm sure not the worst. And it's like, well, how good do you have to be to, to really go? Well, as long as you're, you're like 50 plus percent, you do 50 percent more good than evil, you're in. That's what a lot of people think. And, and, and yet... Nobody hardly believes that they're going to hell. Here's the hell statistics. Only one half of one percent believe they're hell bound. Now, it's hard to even measure one half of one percent. And he says, well, Sam, what about the, the other percent who said that uh, the other 25, you said 75 percent, the other 25 percent, they just think, hey, uh, Whatever good is going to happen to me. So I don't know if it's going to be heaven or, or we won't go anywhere, but I'm definitely not going to hell. That's just not going to happen. And that's for people who really believe in hell. A lot of people don't even believe in hell. But I'm not here to talk so much about hell as much as I'm here to help us to see that it would be good. It would be nice that if just being a good person was enough to get in. There are people 
in, in my life, in my family, uh, people who've gone on before me, that I wish that being a good person was enough. I really do. I really believe that if you uh, didn't murder or steal or, or just get knocked out drunk or something like that, that you could get in. That if you were decent, you could get by. Because if that was the case, then we, we would have no need to be here today. I mean, the job would be done. And Jesus would not have had to come to die for men's sins. And there's a part of me, the emotional part of me, that really wants to go there and say, but they were good. They were decent. And there are people today who are tons worse. And surely, I mean, God's going to go, well, good was good enough. And yet, when I read the Bible, I see that's not the case. That's not the case. And I say these things because I want us to have us to have a greater appreciation for our salvation, but also want us to have the urgency of realizing that that neighbor that you're greeting week to week and you don't talk to talk about Jesus or that coworker or that person on the train or the bus or even that stranger that when you say, well, look, at least they, they didn't come in here with a gun trying to shoot anybody, at least. They're, they're, they're not the, 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 the worst of people, that they're okay. We've got to get past that. Because i got news for you today. They're not okay. And this is a great season to appreciate what we have. But it's also a time to realize that most people don't have what we have if we are in Christ. So I broke it down into two areas uh, when thinking about people being good. I'm good because of what I do not do, and I'm good because of what I do. Now, some people think, look, I'm good because there's a lot of things that I don't do. All right? We're going to look at an example of that. And we're very quick. You know our, our sinful nature we're very quick to applaud our good deeds. We keep a record of all our good deeds. And we keep a record of everybody else's wrongs. But for us, I know my good deeds. I know what I'm... It's like the husband and wife, you're arguing, and, and she's saying, well, I don't feel loved by you. says, well, at least I didn't hit you. At, at least I, you know, I didn't do this. I didn't... Well, that's not good enough. She, it's the absence of... Of abuse is not love. Looking for a little bit more, right? All right? But some people think, well, I'm good because there are a lot of things that are wrong that I don't do. And let me show you an example of what I'm talking about. Luke chapter 18. Can you see that? Luke 18, 9 through 14. Can you see that? So we're going to read that together. And this is uh, the, the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector, all right? Uh, and so it says in verse 9, to some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, and I know this doesn't apply to us today because we don't look down on other people, but just in case, Jesus put it in here, all right? Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people. Robbers, evildoers, 
adulterers, or even this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And Jesus said, I tell you, this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. So here's the Pharisee, and he, I'm, he thinks he's a good guy. Matter of fact, he thinks he's an exceptional guy. And he has the audacity to praise God that he's not like other people, even like this tax collector, which I guess he's praying with his eyes open because he's like, God, I just want to thank you. I'm not like this dude. Because he, he, he's wretched. And look at me. You should be honored, good Lord, that I come in your presence to pray to you. And it's going to be a great addition to heaven the day that I get there. You, 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 need, you need me. I'm awesome. And, and he's just so out of touch with reality, isn't he? He's so out of touch. I mean, he, he's like, let me tell you my credentials. And I've done this, and I've done this, and I've done that. And I'm sure he could go on and on and on. And sometimes we can think we're good because compared to other sinners, we come out looking pretty good. And it's like, I don't rob. I don't commit adultery. I don't do, I don't do those things. But there's a more dangerous sin that the Pharisee has committed that he's not even in touch with. It's called pride and arrogance. Bigotry. Looking down on other people. Not even seeing the sin in his heart and in his mind. And in the eyes of God, that is even more dangerous because the minute you think you're better than somebody or you're superior to somebody, you're so out of touch with the reality of who you really are. And, and it's like, compared to you, I'm good. And that's not the, you're making the wrong comparison. That's not the comparison that we make. We have to compare ourselves to Jesus and compared to him, whoa. I mean, we don't even deserve to be in the same room. We need to have the attitude of the Pharisee, which we're going to talk about here in a minute. But the sin that, that destroys so many of us in our relationships and, and destroys our joy in the Lord, it's pride. And the inability to acknowledge where we are spiritually and to own it and to accept it. Now, it's liberating. When you just admit, this is who I am. This is who I've been. But when you can't get there, you rob yourself of true deliverance. Of truly being set free. And you rob yourself of the ability to help others. If he's so righteous, why isn't he trying to help the tax collector? But his idea of spirituality is you stay as far away from sinful, evil people as you possibly can. And that's why they didn't understand Jesus being the friend of sinners. But they, didn't, they never put themselves in the category of sinners. 
Let's not be like Pharisees this holiday season. Let's be humble before God and before men. Let's be humble before one another. Let's be humble in private and let's be humble in public. But especially in private, be humble. Husbands, blow your wives away with your humility. And let them see that, look, man, God has asked me to be the head of the house, but what that means is that I'm to be the most, I'm, I'm to lead the way in humility. I'm the head of humility in this house. And not the head of pride and arrogance. And then let's talk about the tax collector for a minute. The tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. This is where we need to be. We need to have this kind of contrite heart before God. And not fake it, not put up that spiritual front where we're always doing good. Because nobody's always doing good. And the honesty that we need to have before God and before one another. This is liberating. Sometimes, you know, when, when you know, something now we were trying to help people, we were in a, an intense marriage counseling situation a couple of weeks ago. I mean, it was one of the most intense I'd ever been in, uh, where the two couples were, I mean, they were laying it all out, man. Uh, and I was like, whoa, I don't even know how we can, I mean, this is beyond, this is above my pay grade. I, I, I don't, I mean, you, you need the professionals to fix this because, you know, all I know to tell you is, you know, pray. <laughs> but, but the real problem was that neither person could say things like this. I'm wrong. It was my fault. I am sorry. Please forgive me. I have no excuse. They couldn't go there. Because they were trying so hard to defend themselves. And at the same time, not realizing that they were preventing themselves from being connected. Because they couldn't go to where this man went. God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I'm sorry, I'm a sinner. I was wrong. I, 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 didn't, I didn't mean it that way, but I own it. And I'm not, I'm not a good person. I mean, God, in His mercy, presents me before Himself through Jesus, perfect and righteous, but in and of myself, that's not who I am. Have mercy on me, a sinner. That's where we are as Christians. That's, we're not better than other people. We're just forgiven. We're not better. You're not better than your wife. You're not better than your husband. You're not better than your children. You're not better than your roommates. You just understand prayerfully and appreciate the grace of God more than others. So it should make you different. We should have this disposition. Because none of us are good enough. We're not. 
And even when we're right sometimes, we're wrong in the way we come across. You can be right and still be wrong. Because you don't say it in humility. And eventually, you're going to be wrong. Eventually, you're going to be wrong. You know, after my first argument with Cynthia, I made a commitment. I will never argue again. It didn't last. And and I also said I will never be wrong again. But it didn't last. And I've been wrong so many times. The last time I was wrong was this week. But I've learned. Be humble. You're a sinner, Sam. You're going to make mistakes. And no matter how hard you try, you're going to make mistakes. And and if you're living with a woman, you're going to disappoint her eventually. Eventually she'll be disappointed. And what are you going to do? I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Uh, I was an idiot. I'm, 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 I didn't mean it. You know, we, we look at great Christians in the Bible. The best, I mean, you think about it. The the best we know of outside of Jesus, we would say the Apostle Paul. And you know, and if I have time, I'm going to end this with the spiritual rankings and where Paul ranked himself spiritually. And ask yourself, you, where do you rank yourself spiritually? But Paul is, when I look in the Bible, he's like the best one I know. I mean, this guy, he was amazing. I mean, he wrote most of the New Testament outside the Gospels. I mean, he planted churches everywhere. His spiritual resume is unbelievable. And look at what he says about himself. In, in, in 1 Timothy 1, verses 12 through 17, he says, I thank God, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me faithful, appointed me to his service, even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man. That's, that's how he characterized himself. I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Now, did Paul receive more grace than us? Now, if you're going like this, you you, you really missed it. No! And when you talk about he goes on and says, Here's a trustworthy saying that the search will accept us. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. Now look at this. Was he really the worst of sinners? Was he? I mean, it's like if we were asking you, who's the worst sinner in here? None of us would raise our hands. So it's him. It's her. I'm going to tell you who the worst of sinners. You should have been in my house this morning. The worst of sinners, these gremlins the Lord's given me. Those are the worst of sinners. I mean, we... It's, it's like he got it. He, he realizes, like, before Almighty God, I don't deserve to be saved. I don't deserve to be in God's kingdom. I don't deserve to be an apostle. I can't believe you chose me. I can't believe when I think about what I did against Jesus. I can't believe that he gave me a second chance. Hold up. I'm the worst of sinners. Christ Jesus, so that Christ Jesus might display His unlimited patience. Is God patient with us? Oh my goodness. I mean, if we were God, what would happen to the world? If we were God, 
If we saw all the abuses going on in the world and all the craziness going on in the world, I mean, what would we do to uh, North Korea? What would we do? I mean, it's like, praise God for his unlimited patience. And sometimes we look at this, yeah, his unlimited patience is great because everybody else needed it. No, you needed it. Let me tell you what, if you're going to be in the church for a while, you're going to learn, you're going to have to learn not only how to forgive people, but you're going to have to learn how to put up with them. (laughs) Forgiving is not the same as putting up with. Forgiving is before God, it's over, it's done. Putting up with is I'm going to hang in there with you in spite of your weirdness, in spite of your eccentric nature. In spite of your habits, which I can't stand, but I'm still going to hang in there with you. I mean, it's like, I don't like the way you squeeze the toothpaste, but you know what? I'm not going to divorce you over it, okay? It's not worth divorce. I don't like the way you watch TV. Stay on one channel. What are you doing? I, I was watching that. What are you doing? You, that's, you just got to go, that's just the way they are. That, I mean, you might even like what they eat. You know, my wife has some favorite recipes I don't care for. But she likes lemon chicken. Lemon and chicken, that doesn't go for me. Lemon and chicken, barbecue sauce and chicken, I can dig that. So when she's cooking lemon chicken, I just go, bless you. Bless you, have it. Have it all you want. I don't go, we didn't grow up eating lemon chicken. Cook the chicken that I like. I'm the man. I mean, no, it's like, baby, you want lemon chicken, I'll go buy you some extra lemon juice. You can have it. But we, 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 we've got to learn to do that. But the reason that we struggle with it is we think we're something. That my way is the best. Who told you that? Where'd you get that from? Look at Paul's attitude. I'm the worst of sinners. And we don't deserve what we have. I'm going to hit you with some more scriptures here, just real quick. We're going to run through these. Romans 3.23. What does Romans 3.23 say, church? What does it say? Help me out here. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Let's say it again. For all have sinned and fallen short. Now, let's make it first person. For I have sinned and fallen short. Uh-huh. Do you act like it? Now, God's not wanting us to be people of low esteem and walk around saying, yeah, I'm a sinner. I can't do nothing right. I messed up again. Sometimes people think that's spiritual. Just just being moping, spiritually depressed. Woe is me. No. it's It, it really, it should make you joyful to realize that A loving God thinks I'm awesome in spite. Sometimes I can't stand myself, but he still loves it. That's who he is. And we've got to understand this. It will change our lives. You know, we we live in a wicked world. And sometimes we're we're just shocked when stuff comes up. We, We need to stop being shocked and realize people... Including us, we are evil folks, guys. 
We really are. I mean, we're not, we're not awesome. Look, look at this. This is the daily news. This is, was this yesterday's daily news? This, this is on the front page. And that's not the whole page. That's all I could get up there. Uh, and, you know, the world is going, I can't believe this stuff is coming out. These guys, these guys. And, and really, this is not a, a white man, black man thing. Say, Sam, there ain't no, no brothers up there. Look, look, there, there are plenty of brothers we could put up there, all right? One of them's named Bill. I won't even say his last name, but he, and I like him. But it's coming out. The world is wicked. You know what these guys need? They need Jesus. They all need Jesus. And if we could meet one of them, pray, I hope we could turn them around. I don't know. But we can get so judgmental, can't we? These guys are jacked up. But you know what? So are we. I mean, you know, Kevin talked about the tattoo thing. I mean, I would say, what what would it... And I thought that was, that was an effective analogy. I'm going to steal that one. I can't remember where my source was, though, but I will use it. Uh, it, it I mean, if, if we put up a video... Of, of what we all thought or did in a given week. I mean, could we even watch it? <laughs> it's like, I'm thankful God doesn't keep a record of sins because, my goodness, we'd be messed up. But the, here's the message. None of us are good enough. All have sinned. Proverbs 20, let's just read, I think it's just good to read the Bible sometimes. It's like, who can say, I have kept my heart pure, I am clean, I am without sin. Who can say that? You know, the question is asked. And everybody should give the same answer. No one. Only, only Jesus, only dogs, and, and super spiritual righteous God. Okay. Anybody. Anybody other than Jesus? Okay. Psalm 130, verse 3. If you, O Lord, kept the record of sins, O Lord, who could stand? If he kept a record of of all your sins. Aren't you thankful that when you go to heaven, there will be no record of your sins? No record, man. It's like... God has the ability not only to forgive, but to forget all that you did wrong. Man, you should be feeling really good right now. Because most times when we get into arguments, it's because people can't forget. Sometimes people bring up stuff 10 years ago. I remember! It's like, when was that? That was back in 2000. Really? You still going to hold on to that? You're still going to put me down for that one thing? Please, release me till I get out of the doghouse, please. Aren't you thankful God isn't that way? Ecclesiastes 7, verse 20. There is not a righteous man on earth who does what is right and never sins. And the women are going, that's right. But it's, but it's plural. There's not a righteous man or woman on earth. Who does what is right and never sins, and yet God still loves us. You know, it's like, sometimes we're like guys on death row arguing about what we did to get there. Well, I know you dying, but I ain't dying for what you dying for. You worse than I am. 
we both on death row. I mean, you want to argue about who's the worst? Sometimes that's where we are. When, realize, when we realize when we come together, this should be a fellowship of joy, a fellowship of excitement, because we all were condemned and destined to hell, and we deserve it, and a gracious, loving God has set us free and says, no, you're not good enough, but because the blood of my son Jesus has washed away your sins, I don't see any sin. I don't see any sin when I look, on, look at you. I see nothing. Now, that's not true for us, but that's true for God. Let's look at some more scriptures. I'm not done yet. Isaiah 53. For all have, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Praise God for his love. Isaiah 64, 6. All of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf, and the wind of our sin sweep us away. You can't even boast in your righteous acts. Because the list is just too short compared to your unrighteous ones. The world is not good enough. We're not good enough. But are we living like we realize, man, I'm not good enough. I don't deserve this. I've been liberated. I've been set free. And it's an honor to be in the kingdom of God. It's an honor to be in the household of God. It's an honor to be with disciples of God. So you can lose that. That's why people walk away from the faith. They lose the understanding of what they've been redeemed from. Where am I going to go? If I leave here, where am I going to go? Where am I going to go? I've already been out there in the world. I see what's happening out there. Where am I going to go? I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying right here in the house of the Lord. And, and that's got to be the attitude that all of us have. All have said, I'm not done yet. Okay, all right. First John 1 verse 8. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. We can't even claim that we're not without. I mean, none of us. And then finally, James 3, verse 2, we, we all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in check. And you might make a commitment, I'm never going to say anything again, so I won't sin. But that's not the real issue. It was what's in your heart. See, most communication is, is nonverbal. You don't have to say anything for us to know what your attitude is. You can just... Your husband knows what you mean, whether you say anything or not. Your wife knows what you mean. You're just like. That means get from in front of the TV. Jim can be preaching and you're, you're sitting down there going, please. Dude. Sometimes it's just one word. My goodness. That's two words. Guys, we all stumble. We should be so gracious toward one another. We really should. Not that I'm condoning mediocrity or lower standard. But boy, we should be gracious toward one another. Because God has been so gracious toward us. 
Right? Before you complain about your Bible talk leader, try leading one yourself. It's not as easy as you think. You know what I'm saying? When you're sitting there talking and no one else is saying anything. It's not as easy as you think. So before you complain about where it's meeting, try hosting one yourself. It's not as easy as you think. Having people coming in your house, messing it up and leaving, they're happy. And they leave you with the mess. See you next week. <laughs> that was good. Freshness was good. <laughs> try, try doing it yourself, man. We should be gracious. And then I, I got I to gotta end this. I got to end this. My last point. I'm good because of what I do. I'm good because of what I do. And this takes me to the rich young ruler. And we know the story of the rich young ruler. I don't have to go through all of it. A young man comes to Jesus and 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 basically he says, Good teacher and Jesus says, Whoa, 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 no one is good except God alone. And what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus says, You know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, don't give false testimony, honor your father and mother. And what was his answer? All these I've kept since I was a boy. It's like, now, I couldn't say that. So a few of you guys could say that, right? But he, he did, he, he has a few things going on. And then Jesus says, look, you got to give up all your money, come follow me. <laughs> and the thing I love about the story is that the 12 disciples, they see this guy coming. They know they're living hand to mouth. Women are supporting them, giving them a little bit here and there. And we finally got a guy who's got some money. <laughs> Even Judas is excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need him. And and so Jesus turns him away. He goes away sad. And they go, he, he can't make it. Who then can be saved? <laughs> Jesus, you messed up. This was the best prospect we had. What was the problem? And I know we all go to, well, he put his money before God, whatever. No, he was a good guy. And the, 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 the commandments that Jesus focused on were all the commandments that dealt with how you treat people. And when you look at a lot of people's lives and you look at how they treat others, they come out pretty good. They honor their father and mother. They don't commit adultery. They don't steal. They don't lie. I mean, those are good things. But there's some other commandments that we have to look at. And these were the ones that he was not obeying. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not, you shall make no idols. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain and keep the Sabbath day holy. But those first two especially. And then we know what the first and the greatest commandment is, right? The first and greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's it. And so even if our friends and neighbors are good people and they don't do wrong or bad and they don't steal your garbage can, they don't steal your mail, they don't do other things, all right? Are they obeying the first and the greatest commandment? To love the Lord your God with all your heart. With all, I don't care 
how good a person you are. God is saying, where is the honor due me? Are you going to honor me? And if you're doing all these other good things, okay, fine, fine. But where is God in their lives? Where is the Lord? He deserves to be first in our hearts. And nobody is going to make it to heaven who does not acknowledge the Lord God as the Lord of all. Who does not put Him first in their lives. Because what... Our, our deeds aren't good enough. We can't make it without God. That's why Jesus said, with man, this is impossible. But not with God. All things are possible with God. The only way you can get to heaven is with God. If you don't teach your children anything else, you teach them to love the Lord their God with all their heart. Not school. Not sports. Not some other man or woman. You need to love God. Because if you love Him, you'll make it. That's the, that's the first and the greatest commandment. And in our world today, people forget God. They think they can get to heaven. They go to church Christmas, Easter, maybe on their birthday. I don't know. And they make a cameo appearance every now and then. It's not good enough. That's why when we look at the world around us, we've got to understand it's not just the, the fact that they're not committing all these major sins, but they're, they're being blessed by God and they don't acknowledge Him. And that's sinful. And as we come to a close here, I just want to remind you Everybody, there are no exceptions. Everyone needs a Savior. There are no exceptions. Now, spiritual rankings. We're going to close out with the spiritual rankings. What is your spiritual ranking? Uh, here's Paul's. He says, I am least than the less than the, than the I am less than the least of all God's people. That's where I rank. Now, I don't know how you get any lower than that. Now, I think if, if we did the spiritual rankings here in Westchester, let's start with the best Christian we got. Number one. Who is it? Teresa Brown. Okay. You're on the bottom, you're on the bottom, okay. I mean, sometimes we go, well, who, who's the most spiritual? I mean, I mean, where, where do you rank? Where do you stand? I mean, we got 300 people here. Where, where would you land? Because, you know, when you, when you look at the college football and all that, they're doing the rankings now. Alabama number one, right? Now Miami's moving up. Derek Clay's fired up, moving up. And sometimes that's the way we want to look at things spiritually. Where do I rank? Where do I stand? Here is the best Christian I know. And he said, when I think about where I stand before God, 
I'm not good enough. I am less than the least of all God's people. And he says, although I am, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ. He says, man, I'm nothing. But God has made me something, not so that I could keep it to myself, but so that I could give it to others. And that's what motivates me every day. By the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace to me was not without effect. No, I've worked harder than all of them because I know that before God, I am nothing. I am less than that. Boy, I've been delivered. I've been set free. I'm not good enough. But God has raised me up, chosen me, so that he can work through me. You're going to have opportunity these next weeks. And the Spirit's going to speak to you. Say something to that person. And you might look at how they're dressed, and she's got a fur coat on, and she's got shoes that cost more than than what you make that week and pulls up in a car and you had to get a ride to get to where you were and and we look at them and we go whoa and we need to listen to the spirit this week and then next week reach out what 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 harm can it do because you know you're not good enough and I'm telling you neither are they And the only hope that they have is that your heart will be moved by the fact that you understand that you've been redeemed at a great price and you don't deserve it, that you want to give someone else the same opportunity. That's all God asks. At least give them an opportunity. Nobody is good enough. Praise God for his grace and mercy. Thank you. You've just listened to the Westchester Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit westchester.nycococ.net.